it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. And what's up, what's up? It is GC Live, Friday free-for-all, Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell. Had to come talk to you today with the week that uh, has been in Gamecock Nation. I probably should have written some things down because we're I'm sure we're going to miss something. But yet yesterday, Chris, may go down as one of the weirdest days in South Carolina sports coverage history. Um, in my opinion, the day starts, obviously – with, with Mike Bobo and Will Friend dipping out on South Carolina, heading to Auburn. You end up with, uh, with what, three commitments from South Carolina on the football end during the day. You have, obviously, an offensive coordinator hire, still not official as far as being announced, but an offensive coordinator hire by South Carolina. And then in the middle of the night last night, technically it was already today after, after midnight, but the middle of the night – you find out that um, it, it sort of breaks on Twitter that uh, Trayvon, not even – do you know how to say his last name? Wes, honesty hour on this show, I couldn't have given you his first or last name because I've barely even seen anything about the new Hoops commitment. So I'll new Hoops commitment yeah. um, that I honestly – when I, I don't know why I was still awake at 2 a.m. last night. I don't know why I was on Twitter. And I woke up wondering if it was a fever dream that I had. And, um, but I published Colin's story that's been in the can for, um, for a little while because I saw the kid had sort of, con- you know, had confirmed it on Twitter. And I was like, oh, I think I need to publish this. And I woke up and I was like, I hope I was supposed to publish that. So um, South Carolina – Twitter. Getting a uh, commitment from Trayvon Minot. I'm sure that's wrong. Sorry, Trayvon. I'm sure you're not watching the show anyway. But gets added to the men's basketball roster, an immediate um, eligible player. So that that's good for South Carolina. But dude, what a what a weird day. <laughs> Someone said, more like Will, not my friend, already lost the comment. That was a good one. Don't you think the name would be, would it possibly be Mano? I mean, probably, probably. I'm thinking Mano. Anyway, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, yesterday was crazy. I had somebody ask me, and and people are already talking 
smack about how bad we look, um, especially me. <laughs> which is looking uh, rough, fellas. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I, I know I do. I know I look rough and I feel rough. And yeah, it was a wild day, man. I mean, there have been a lot of days during, you know, whether it's head coaching search or assistant stuff where, like, it's been time we wake up until the time we pass out, you know, working the phones, all sorts of stuff. Yesterday, I mean, I might have gotten five hours of, of, of sleep, which is okay, you know, but, yeah, I'm a little tired. I'm back at it today, so it's been exciting. But, you know, a lot happening, right? Um, staff is still taking shape. We, we, you know, yesterday with the events yesterday, we thought we were sort of looking at a situation where, okay, DC, one more defensive assistant and then strength coach. And then all of a sudden two more coaches got added to that, put added to the fray there. But, you know, one hired um, in Marcus Satterfield as offensive coordinator came together very quickly um, after it was evident that Bobo was out the door and then offensive line coach. And today more, you know, potential on the strength coach. We got updates on all those things. Wes, how much are we going to get into those? How much is a teaser? We shall see. We, we shall see. see. We'll keep well, it. I, yeah, I, I got to jump in real quick. I this, this is why I should not go on the radio on with a lack of sleep. SC scout guy uh, correcting me. Uh, I did say on 107.5 that Pete Limbo was a North Carolina guy. Um, he is not from North Carolina. Um he actually was born, as SC Scout guy says, in New York. But I believe I got that in the back of my brain from during the press conference with Limbo when he was talking about the excitement of getting back to the Carolinas um, because they had spent time here. So, yes, I was uh, incorrect there. But point was that Limbo is very excited to be at South Carolina and very excited to coach with Shane Beamer and does have some ties uh, to the Carolinas. Um, okay, so I guess we have to start with um, Marcus Satterfield, who's, uh, whose name is Marcus Satterfield, which Chris and I will butcher. Um, At least 50% of the time. Yes, I have wanted to call him Marcus Peterson, who is a, uh, a football recruit. I've wanted to call him Marcus Stroman, who is a Major League Baseball pitcher. Um, you have Scott Satterfield, who I'm sure he will get called that at some point as well. But I would like to introduce one more that I almost said the only time, the one and only time I said his name today, I nearly called him Marcus Freeman, who okay. is, of course, the Cincinnati defensive coordinator, who apparently is going to be the next LSU defensive coordinator. So Marcus Freeman slash Scott Satterfield slash Marcus Peterson. Etc. Yes. Uh, name. Yeah. Gets. Well, I shouldn't say named South Carolina's offense coordinator, but we find out. You know, yesterday he's going to be South Carolina's offense coordinator. Chris, um, a, a guy that I, I think initially the fans said, um, rightfully so, said, "Who's this? You know, what, what's this?" And um, you know, I, I think someone that that most people probably are you know, maybe in, in wait-and-see mode about and have started to sort of try to gather more information on him, right, and started to sort of um, see what he's all about. We, we do know right now uh, has been the assistant O-line coach with the Panthers, obviously with, with Matt Rule there, um, obviously his coach under Joe Brady for a year, was uh, was with Rule uh, 
at Baylor as tight ends coach, was previously with Rule at Temple as an offensive coordinator. Um, he left in the meantime, got a head coaching job, ended up uh, reuniting with Rule at Baylor and then following Rule from Baylor to the Panthers. So I, I think a hire here, man, where we all clear, – clearly this isn't like the big, the big name. You know, this is not the guy that everybody knows. But that also doesn't mean it can't be successful. This, to me, is sort of a – it's a wait-and-see hire. It's you sit back, you see what happens. You want to hear from him, right? We want to hear from him when he gets introduced. You want to hear what his plan is. Mm-hmm. You want to hear uh, the approach. And then you sort of go from there. And then, obviously, in the fall, you want to see what he puts together and, and how it goes on the field. I, I don't – this isn't a guy that I'm that I know enough about to sit here and just blindly say, you know, this is an amazing hire. But it's also not a guy that I'm going to sit here and say it can't work just because we don't know as as much about him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you you sit there and the realistic, fair, and um, smart way, in my opinion to approach it is um, to, to wait and see what we learn and wait and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do. And look, th- that's why we discuss these things. I mean, it's, well, I say it's fun. It can, it can quickly devolve from fun to not very fun. If, if it's just a constant stream of negativity or a constant stream of just complete blind faith in something, even for some people. But um I think there's just a lot of frustration for some people over the Bobo situation, even regardless of how you, where you fell on that, you know, a lot of people were frustrated by it. And so I think a lot of people are expecting, okay, what, what big name is it going to be? Or maybe even what small name who's gotten a lot of buzz for, you know, some high octane offense somewhere, who is it going to be next? And this name comes out and people, you know, probably haven't heard of the guy. Or they go and, and what what do people immediately do with a coach, including us, Wes? You go, you look at the stats, right? You look at the bios, you look at the stats if you're not very, very familiar with the coaching candidate. And so that's what people did here. Um, I've even seen, you know, one thing I've seen, for example, with uh, Satterfield, with Marcus Satterfield, is people said, well, if Rule thought so highly of him, why did he not hire him again at Baylor as OC? Well, simple check. Satterfield was a head coach at the time when he went to Baylor. So, you know, he doesn't hire him there. So there's just a lot of things there and there's a lot of questions, you know, and people look at stats, you know, they say, well, Temple did this statistically. Um, They weren't great this particular year in this particular stat. So the guy must be terrible. And I just don't know if that's really a smart way to go about it. Um, You certainly, you know, we talk about how this is a bottom line business all the time. So stats matter. Um, winning matters, of course, but I think there's still so much to learn that we have to dig into it a little more. But let me give you an example, Wes. So the year before Satterfield got to um, got to Temple, right? They got there in 2013. Um, 2012, okay, Temple's offense, they were 116th in the country in passing, which is almost at the bottom. 120 yards a game. They were 107th in total offense, 322 yards a game, and they were 84th in the country in scoring. 
with about 24 points a game, almost 25 points a game. So you look at those and you go, that's not that great. You know, who was the OC that year? It was Ryan Day. He's pretty good, you know. So now you could say, well, Ryan Day was an even even better head coach than offensive coordinator. Some people are better offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators than head coaches. But I don't think you just take a a statistical sample of one place with no context, no – you know, no roster knowledge, anything like that. You got to take the whole picture. The first couple years, you know, because Temple sort of suffered first few years under rule. They went from two wins to what ten Wes in mm-hmm. three seasons. You know, they got their scoring de- scoring offense numbers weren't very good in thirteen and fourteen. They improved where they were almost thirty points a game by fifteen. So, um, and again, you look at the whole picture of things. You know, not just stats. So we still have a lot to learn about this guy. We haven't heard him talk here at South Carolina. We haven't heard much of a plan. There's a lot to learn. There is, man. There is, isn't it? Wow. The the comments today are brutal and not about the offensive coordinator hire, about how ugly Chris and I are. Like I, I didn't think we were I didn't think we were that daggum ugly. We got um let's see, we were looking Josh not only said we're looking rough, but said that it's not really out of the ordinary. So apparently we're always looking rough. Brutal. Uh, Somebody else said we were hungover. Somebody said no time for showers uh, because of the coaching search, I think. Um, Dang. Somebody said we look stressed, I think. And somebody else is is stalking me because they asked if I'm going to move fitness today. So the Friday free-for-all, yes, I'll be at Move Fitness today. Friday free-for-all is <laughs> – and Chris has apparently stopped showering, according to the uh, – and Scott, why why is Scott so worried about Chris's face being red? I think that's I think the, he, he said that yesterday. Yes, that, that is the second day in a row. That yeah, I, do get, I mean, I, I tend to get a little bit flushed. And then seriously, this lighting, like, I really don't think it's the way that my computer lights a little bit. If you want me to start, like, putting a little makeup, like, little, um, like the TV people do, you know, they put on some makeup every now and then. Scott, if that would make you feel better, if that would enhance your enjoyment of the show. Now, then they're, then they're going to know that you started doing that because you, your face won't be red. And then he's going to make fun of you for that. So, um, <laughs> Joshua says you look like you're in a blizzard. I do. I get bad wind burn. My face gets really red when I'm sunburned. I'm very fair complected. I mean, you guys oh, hurt my feelings eventually. I'm pretty strong, but I might just hop off here and I'll just go get some more coaching news. Yeah, there you go. Or have some more drinks. Apparently, according to <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of these guys and Scott wants us to wear Gamecock gear. Scott, that is the the first rule of reporting on a team. You can't wear gear of the team. Um, anyway, all right, let's let's talk let's talk some ball. We're about to go off the rails, <laughs> but we'll circle back. Do, do we want to talk potential coaches updates or talk about commitments, Chris? Let's hit the commitments first. Um. As part okay. of hate night, because I feel like the people want coaches, so we'll do commitments first because they were so mean about my face. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, so the order yesterday. Let's let's go in order of the. Com- 
the commits. Uh, the Friday free for all is is all already off the rails. That's okay. I actually love Friday free for all. I think y'all have already started drinking today. Is the problem? But anyway, so in order of commitments, Georgia Southern transfer defensive back David Spalding, 6'2", 185 pounds from Riceboro, Georgia, was timed. I think at a four four three forty yard dash from what we were told. Long guy with some speed, originally from Bradwell Institute, which is where a Gamecock that most of you know and love, Kevin Harris, is also from. So this is one, Chris, I I think I can give people a little more insight on the other two. This one came a little bit more out of nowhere for us. It was a very quick enter into the portal and then a commitment to South Carolina. And a guy that, from what I was actually told more recently did camp at South Carolina that same day that we all talk about that Kevin Harris camped at South Carolina and did some impressive things. As far as numbers go, South Carolina did not offer at the time. He actually had some power five offers and maybe we see this all the time. A kid waits when he gets early offers, schools start to fill up or, or they don't necessarily prioritize a kid and you sort of ended up, getting kind of left out, I think. Ends up at at Georgia Southern, redshirted his first year, and then came on, started playing more at the very end of this past season. Had seven tackles and interception in his final two games. Um, Not a guy, again, Chris, that I'm all that familiar with. You see where South Carolina is going with it, with the the length and the speed. I, I don't know yet whether to tell people to expect him to be more of a depth guy or expect him to come in and make a big impact. I, I just don't know. But I think what we do know is that the secondary not only is going to need some starters, they also are going to need to build some depth because they lost, I think, five, maybe five guys since last year in, in the secondary. So you, you've got to fill in um, a, a lot of spots in the secondary. Yeah, and this is a guy – I mean, I go back to what you said, Wes, length, athleticism. Um, talking to some contacts around there, the, the feeling is very much that you know, similar to Kevin Harris, West. like if South Carolina had not af- offered Kevin Harris, where would he be right now? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. FCS or, an, or a service academy or something like that. And obviously, if, you're, if your question is, can Kevin Harris play in the SEC? I think we know the answer. I think it's yes, he can at a very high level. And so a lot of people around there think that David Spalding is, is definitely a power five type guy. Um, he just – like you said, I think you broke it down really well in terms of what happened and why he did, he wasn't one at one immediately. So I think with the transfer portal, the way it is nowadays, particularly if they pass this one-time exception for the future, we're going to see um, – I think exposed is a bad word. It sounds so negative, but, but it, you know, it is. It's going to expose a little bit more of guys getting places and maybe they are – way better than that level in reality, and they move up. On the other side, I think we're going to see a lot of guys getting somewhere and they do not fit what their billing was out of high school, and they drop down a level to go play more or whatever it may be. So, you know, Spalding was a guy that clearly, you know, had an opportunity to move up a level to South Carolina and has the ability, obvious position of need, so he's going to be able to come in and, and contribute immediately. And not, not- – not to go, not to go. Um, 
by the way, hold. Sorry, I don't, I don't know why. For some reason, on this thing, I I echo, and some re- sometimes I don't. Uh, when I start talking again, it echoes sometimes. So I apologize for that. Uh, but not to go too deep into the weeds on on that point, Chris. But I think it's a good one. This is going to be supercharged. What you're talking about in the next couple of years, because staffs were not able to evaluate in person for the last class. And now for for your rising seniors at this point, they haven't been able to really evaluate them in, in person either. So there's going to be, obviously, there's always good and bad evaluations. But I think all that gets supercharged and you see the portal. The portal is already a trend, but it becomes an even greater trend because, uh, like you're saying, the portal becomes a factor either with bad evals from like a Power 5 standpoint, I'm not going to play. Or, or actually great evals, and, and the, the FCSs are probably really going to be hurt because they're like, man, I went and got this stud that nobody else wanted and started developing them, and then, boom, they're gone to the, you know, to the power five. So you sort of hate it for them, but that's, that's just, just the world we're in right now as far as college football. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, it, it, this, you know, it is going to get – I think it already is interesting. You know, the, the portal activity, it's so – it's sort of an extension of high school recruiting now. And there have been a lot of coaches at the high school level that have even complained because it's such a unique situation right now. Wes, not only do we have the portal and, and the sort of uptick in activity there, and, and I think part of that uptick is more kids are entering. You know, they, we know that this one-time transfer exception is coming. They granted – past transfers and apparently guys in January from what we've heard West that are transferring for this January semester are going to be eligible immediately. Right. And so the, the fact that we have not had those evaluation periods, I think has caused more college coaches to say, all right, we didn't have camps. What we don't know on some of these seniors. So let's take a portal guy because we feel better about his ability to come to, you know, project to our program. So, um, you know, we'll, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of senior high school kids are sort of missing out on opportunities because of that portal activity, because of the uptick in that, because of the lack of camps. Now, obviously, eventually that'll go away. Camps are going to come back. All that stuff's going to get back to normal. But the portal activity is still going to be a huge part of what happens in recruiting. It's going to be an extension of the recruiting process. It used to sort of be high school recruiting, junior college recruiting at certain places for a certain amount of slots. Now the portal is going to be a, a big part of things. And it certainly has been this year at South Carolina because of the pandemic, because of holes on the roster. Will it be this many slots every year for South Carolina? I tend to think not, you know, and, and ideally not if you've built your program up. But it's a good thing for them this year that it's that it's here. Yeah, uh, very good thing. Uh, Woody had a quick question on the portal. Once they commit, can they sign an inner school? Do they wait until signing day in February? As long as they are ready, you know, as, as far as their academics go, I guess is the best way to say it. As long as they can get qualified and approved, uh, accepted by their new school, Woody, they can go ahead and, and actually enroll. So, uh, you know, if it was in the middle of a semester, you probably couldn't. But since the semester for, you know, for South Carolina is starting, I guess, next week, then, yeah, so so Spalding – will be at South Carolina tomorrow. I actually talked to Debo Williams about an hour, hour and a half ago, and he was about to leave Delaware 
and start the drive to, to South Carolina. So he will be in Columbia tonight and will be able to enroll with the team, start workouts and, and all that stuff, uh, you know, basically once they start uh, whenever and, and who his strength coach is, we don't know yet, but maybe we can talk about that a little bit later on. Debo Williams, the second of – yes, it was Debo Williams next, I believe. And a guy that, Chris, I, I think kind of kind of of the three because, you know, they all happen together. He's the one that really intrigues me. Yeah. And, and I think has a chance to be a really sneaky, really good pickup. I think you look at the film, and this is a guy who was in Delaware. Obviously, not the quality of football that you see down here in the South. But when when I turned on the film of Debo Williams, I see a a kid that did to Delaware competition what you would expect an SEC football player to do to Delaware competition, and that is knock the absolute crap out of him. Um, you know if I. You don't have almost 500 tackles in a high school career without being a pretty good football player, and that's with having your junior year cut in half because of an injury. So I I think, you know, this is a kid that had some early interest. He feels like he's been completely overlooked. I tend to agree. I I think there were some questions, um, obviously, about competition, some questions about speed, you know, he, he was timed at a 4-8, 40-yard dash. From what we were told, though, that was on a laser. So, you know, that's that's probably faster. That's probably more like a 4-6-5, maybe a 4-7 on a hand time just in, in a general sense. But 33-inch vertical, a shuttle in the four threes, That those are signs of explosiveness, change of direction, stuff like that. Chris, I, I like this kid a lot, and I think at linebacker, especially at middle linebacker where they have to replace, you know, an Ernest Jones, instincts, tackling ability, toughness, physicality, those things to me are way – I mean, Ernest Jones isn't going to run a 4-5, or 40-yard dash either. Right. Ernest Jones is tough, has instincts, and is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he ain't going to go out there and run a 4-5. or five. So – I, I think this guy fits sort of maybe as your long-term replacement at that Mike linebacker spot. Yeah, and you mentioned Delaware. You know, I, I think there's a Marshawn Lloyd connection. I think people forget here that, uh, you know, Marshawn Lloyd's a Delaware guy. He, he commuted, actually, to his high school at, uh, in Maryland. So he's a Delaware guy, has a lot of pride, actually, about his home state of Delaware. And so this is a guy that really – and there are stories written about Debo Williams – um, you know, about how people were sort of missing out on him. I mean, he had some bigger schools during the recruiting process, for instance, Penn State, you know, West Virginia, Maryland, you know, Notre Dame, you know, all looking at him. But he sort of just fell through the cracks. But, I mean, you look at his film, the, the traits that you mentioned, Wes, and you see what his high school coach, you know, has said about him publicly – you know, Mike Judy talks about how mature he is, how how special he is as a person, and is a big hitter. You know, Williams is just, I saw one story where he, Williams described himself as a bully. So he's got the big time, you know, sort of the, that physical mentality that South Carolina really needs. And, and they need some guys, obviously, linebacker 
um, who can come in and contribute quite early because th- there's a need for talent. There's a need for depth there. They just, they simply need some more numbers, but then adding impact players is certainly key there. And I think this guy has a really intriguing skill set to do that. Yeah. He, um, I-, I tell you, just talking to him, fans are going to like this guy. He, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Travis asked about, um, well, Travis asked two questions now. Ten uh, throwing us ten dollars. Appreciate that, Travis. Travis wants to know um, if South Carolina is moving to a three-four defense, and also asked earlier for an updated weight. So, updated weight would be two hundred twenty-five pounds. If um, from what he told me today, I also had heard the same. I heard about six foot and a half as far as the, the height. So that's updated there. Now, whether South Carolina is moving to a three-four or not, Chris. That, I believe, would have to be yet to be determined by who South Carolina hires. Yeah, and uh, we, we don't know quite yet. You know, the defensive coordinator position is is one in which there's the the least amount of certain direction there as to where it will go. It, I have been told it's possible it could happen this weekend, but we still don't know. Um, Zach Arnett from Mississippi State, who actually runs a three three five, Travis, as you probably know, has not been explicitly ruled out, but it, it doesn't seem – folks I've talked to on that have not been extremely optimistic about the prospects of Arnett. One reason for that, you know, he's coming up for the Texas job, which isn't expected to be filled until at least after Monday, the, the national title game. And then you've also got the fact that Notre Dame is showing interest in him as well. Um, and there's, there's, you know, some allure about that job, particularly to Arnett. He grew up in a Catholic family. Um, obviously that's a prestigious job as well. So he's drawing some big looks too. So there's some, um, there's some waiting to do there. And obviously for South Carolina, you know, they, they want to get the coaching process wrapped up so that the staff's complete. So we'll have to see, you know, where that turns, but like Wes said, it, it fully depends on, you know, wh- who is the guy. And a lot of times nowadays you see so much multiplicity in defenses, even, you know, just to use an example of, guy that people are familiar with, Derek Mason, you know, a lot of three, four stuff at Stanford, but at Vandy, you know, they did even, they did a lot of four down stuff at various points in his tenure. So um, I think you see a lot of multiplicity um, in in what coaches do nowadays, but we don't have a great sense of where that's going to go yet. I mean, to your point, Chris, I mean, do you think there's even such thing as a three, four or and a four, three defense anymore? Like it seems to me, like everybody has not now the the I feel like there are some people who are sort of just four man fronts, but it seems like the people that are three man fronts almost always have some four man looks as well, even if it's as simple as three got three down linemen and then a fourth that's like a stand up edge pass rusher. So Arnett did a lot, you know, because I watched some stuff on Arnett's defense at Mississippi State, you know, when he started coming up for the job. And that you're exactly right. That's a lot of what it was. It's a lot of three down and sort of a stand up edge rusher. Sometimes he dropped back. There was some blitzing with the linebackers a lot of times, some different looks up front. But it's not just, hey, we only have three guys up front. A lot of times you're sending four or five or six, you know, sometimes you're sending three in various combinations. Yes, yeah, so that's – I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. I, I don't know if South Carolina 
I don't know if Beamer is necessarily married to it's got to be a 3-4 guy. It's got to be a 4-3 guy. I think it's more about getting the best fit, getting the best developer, getting the guy who can come in and and do really, really well here. All right, so Colby Fields, the third commitment, happened, I believe, at about 4 o'clock yesterday, something that we were anticipating happening at some point soon ever since he decommitted from Memphis. And the, the interesting thing about this kid to me, Chris, is that once he got an SEC offer, once he got the chance to go to South Carolina, that was it. That was where he wanted to do, wanted to go. That was what he wanted to do. He seemed so excited on the phone about getting that offer. Said he must have thanked uh, Beamer 40 times for, for offering him and just is, is so excited about being a Gamecock. Has some, some good film as a senior, a kid that I'm maybe not quite as familiar with uh, as far as his ability as I am yet with, uh, with Debo, but um, a, a guy where you can sort of tell, obviously, they know linebacker had to be a priority, as we've reported down the stretch here. What, what were your thoughts on Fields? Yeah, so I watched him a little bit, and you know, one guy, they're, they're definitely not the same type of player, but he, he sort of came to mind for me as like a Jamar Brown type, and Jamar is someone, Wes, we like Jamar, you know, out of high school um, for his coverage ability. And Jamar, unfortunately, he's had some injuries that have really hampered him at South Carolina in terms of his progress, um, but he's shown some flashes. So what I mean by that on, on, on Kobe is he's a guy that, you know, you look at him on film, they even play him as a safety at times or an outside type linebacker. He can play in the box, but he can run sideline to sideline and cover. He's not the biggest guy, uh, but he can move and go cover stick with running backs, but he's also physical enough to, you know, be able to play in the box. So I'll be interested to see, you know, how they utilize him in a scheme. I think he's a guy that's got some, you know, potential as a, you know, a backer that can play in space, uh, but also someone that has enough physicality and can help you out with some twitch on, on blitzes and things like that. Yep. So, uh, so we'll see. I got obviously is excited to be a Gamecock and actually may still be joining us um, next week, I'm told, on the show. So uh, I talked to him today. I think we're probably going to have to pre-record it, but uh, you should be able to hear from Colby Fields on uh, GC Live, hopefully on Monday, maybe Tuesday, but we're going to probably have him on the show. And then um, if you want to read a little bit from Debo Williams, I'll I'll have something on the site from him either later this evening or tomorrow. So uh, people that want to hear from the new commitments, again, Williams will be on campus tonight. David Spalding will be on campus Saturday. Okay. Coaching search update. Chris, what you got? All right. So, yeah, you just throw it out there, huh? So, last night uh, we reported um, that Brent Key from Georgia Tech is is certainly a guy to watch along the offensive line. There are some other guys that we've been tracking. You know, one was – A.J. Ricker from SMU was a guy that came up earlier in the process because of the Garrett Riley connection. But we got word yesterday before uh, Marcus Satterfield was confirmed as like the guy to zero in on that, that it would not be Garrett Riley. Um, the thought, by the way, on Garrett Riley, Wes, is that he actually may have head coaching opportunities sooner than maybe any of us anticipated. So um, that's something to watch for the future. But uh we started hearing Key as, as, a, as a major guy to watch. Um, and so, obviously, he's at Georgia Tech, which is his alma mater. He left 
Georgia, he left Alabama rather to go back to Georgia Tech. There is a Shane Beamer tie. He played at Georgia Tech, was a really good player there. His final year, his senior year as an offensive guard, uh, Shane Beamer was doing his one year as a grad assistant at Georgia Tech. So there was a little bit of carryover there. I think those guys, you know, know each other. Key's pretty highly regarded in the industry as a coach, got a lot of experience and also regarded as a good recruiter, which can be hard to find in an offensive line coach. So um, that's one. Um, and that, that's a major guy to watch. He's, he's paid well. He's at his alma mater. Uh, but there's, there is some reason to believe that there's, there's a chance there to potentially get him, and we're going to continue tracking that. By the way, uh, Jay Diz on YouTube, give me a shout. Uh, shoot me an email if you don't mind. Wes at GamecockCentral.com. I need to ask you something. So, Chris, I tend to think, and not to take everybody down this road and get them all excited in case it doesn't happen. That's not my intention. But real quickly, I, I do think if you if South Carolina can pull that off, if Beamer can pull that off and, and go get Brent Key, then that that's a really, really nice hire. Um, yep. I was actually – a, a guy I know that is very familiar with Brent Key and is involved with a lot of high school prospects reached out to me and was asking, hey, you know, is this – do you think this thing's happening? And he had been at practices where Key, you know, where Key was coaching before and was like, this would be an absolute home run for South Carolina. Was very high on him as far as his energy, um, you know, his ability as a technician, as an O-line coach, and obviously the experience – over the years is, is, is there for, for Brent key. So uh, we'll, we'll obviously, if it ends up happening, we will dive into it more, but you start talking about the offensive staff and people have, you know, obviously their questions or they want to know more. or want to see more about Marcus Satterfield, understand it. But then I think you start looking at this offensive staff that will be around him and I look at Des Kitchings at running backs, somebody, you know, we're both obviously very high on. You look at Justin Stepp at wide receivers, very high on him. You look at Eric Kimry, uh, one of the more – one of the smarter guys I know. And then add in, a you know, a Brent Key on top of that. Then you are talking about really getting some, some guys that I, I believe personally, if you go through every single one of those positions, I think every single one of those guys – can sign players and develop players. I truly believe that, 100%. I think – I know that Des Kitchens will take care of his room, and that's what I – we've talked about this before, Chris. That's what I look for in recruiters as far as a position coach. Do they take care of their room? Des Kitchens has a decade-plus worth of evidence that he takes care of his room. Right. Um, Justin Stepp. Is quickly, it's not quite as long of a track record because uh, he's a little bit younger, but SMU, Arkansas, uh, both, you know, you have examples of him at the major college football level signing guys and developing guys. Um, Eric Kimry has not done it yet at this level, but his passion for the, for the University of South Carolina is, I would say, nearly actually unmatched, and he's a super sharp guy has done it at the major, you know, has done it as a head coach at the high school level. So no worries at all for me as far as him taking care of the tight end room. Uh, so then you look at 
what what's the last step? Getting someone like Key, to me, you're sort of checking all the boxes at those positions, and then it will be up to obviously Marcus Satterfield to to put it all together and and to handle the quarterback room. So uh, you know we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, strength coach is something that we have talked about quite a bit, and we did get a a little bit more information there that uh, our our fans on Gamecock Central, our subscribers on Gamecock Central have already said this. Nothing final that we're aware of, nothing final that we've been told, but a name that we were told to at least keep an eye on is uh, is AJ Artis at Tennessee. Would make sense, right? I mean, has, has one year of experience as their head, uh, their head strength coach. They call it, what do they call it, Chris? Director of Football Sports Performance which is a fancy way of saying your strength and conditioning coach. Yep. So he had two years there as the assistant under somebody everybody here knows, Craig Fitzgerald, former Gamecock strength coach, strength coach, and had a couple of years at Duke as well where he worked with football and lacrosse, actually. I thought that was intriguing. But if you start looking at how we've seen these hires take place, man, it, it just makes sense when you start to see those ties um, and the fact that this is a young, energetic dude who's got some SEC experience. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we've seen some candidates. A lot of the candidates or names we've been tracking in this search came from a couple trees, right? One of them was Craig Fitzgerald um, because he was a guy we were monitoring early, but he, he was just – that was sort of a shoot-for-the-stars type of hire. Right? It was just going to be hard to get him always because he just got to the New York Giants. He makes a gobs of money, which South Carolina, my understanding, was willing to give Craig Fitzgerald a lot of money, but just not a move he was going to make at this time back to the college level. So, um, you know, Scott Sinclair from Georgia is another guy that Shane Beamer has worked with in the past at Georgia and respects a lot. And so um, guys from their trees also started coming up, you know, whether it was a, a an Aaron Feld who's at Oregon or a Jamil Walker who's at Arkansas – you know, start tracking some of those guys. AJ Artis is a guy from the Craig Fitzgerald tree. And Wes has a couple of former Gamecocks on his staff in Tennessee and Byron Gerardo and Shaq Wilson. And so um, those guys obviously went with Craig Fitzgerald to Tennessee when he uh, got the job there. That They went over there as well. And so it stands to reason that they could be on their way back if that move happens too. And so he's certainly a guy to watch that we're – monitoring very, very closely for that position. No doubt. Um, that'll be something to watch. Obviously, Chris, if you look at the timing of this thing, as I said earlier, South Carolina starts school next week. So players report on – today is the 8th. Players actually report on the 10th. So that's Sunday. Now, they won't be able – they would not have been able to start official strength and conditioning um, on the 11th, from what I've heard. There's like a – acclimation period they would have they would start on the 18th i believe is the exact date but still there is some i don't know if pressure is the word but there is a need to sort of get get the strength coach in and let him start meeting the guys and let him start putting in his his program so that's something just based on the circumstances you know i haven't specifically heard a timetable but based on the circumstances i would think that we're getting close to seeing South Carolina, you know, make, make some type of hire there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's what it looks like. I mean, th- this timeline, obviously from what we're hearing, 
you know, that that seems to be accelerating. The OC hire is made. Offensive line coach hire could be close if things work out. And then obviously you've got the DC hire, which could come this weekend. So there's a little bit more time to go, but things have obviously there was a hiccup in that the fact that two coaches left and you had to find two more. Um, so one of those is filled, one of them could be filled, and, and soon after the other move happens. So, um, you know, it, it does look like we're getting closer to final resolutions resolutions on all this stuff. And I know for uh, – I know everybody will be excited about that. You can start to actually put the staff, you know, put it out in front of you. You start recruiting to these guys, see sort of how everything looks, and, and then go from there. So uh, maybe, maybe some information. We'll keep tracking it this weekend. Maybe some stuff will come out. We shall see. But, um, Chris, you want to tell everybody about the game day chair? Yeah, so make sure you check out our sponsor here on GC Live, the game day chair. Give them a call, 803-926-1493. Super comfortable and roomy recliner. Great addition to your man cave or your living room with a variety of positions. Sitting positions, lay flat, zero gravity positions, all at the push of a button. Go to affordablemedicalusa.com. Search for the Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight. Like sitting on a cloud, Wes. That sounds pretty good. And if I was in one right now, I would take a nap. So check out the game day chair. Well, apparently we're already looking rough anyway, so I guess we probably need a nap, it sounds like. But uh, this isn't quite uh, official yet, but I also, Chris, we've had so many people on here that I don't want to miss a chance to go ahead and tell everybody about a buddy of mine because um, this is actually – I would give this recommendation whether they were a sponsor or not. But if you are looking – I know a lot of people are looking at buying a house right now or refinancing a house. If you are interested in that, you can't find anyone better in the Columbia area than my buddy Clint Hammond with Mortgage Network. That's his number right right there. I've actually – I've bought a house with Clint. I've refinanced a house with Clint. And I've bought a second house with Clint. So I can tell you from absolute 100% experience that you will not be taken better care of by anyone than if you go get your mortgage through Clint Hammond Mortgage Network. He is, he's my top mortgage guy in Columbia. I think he's a lot of, I think he's actually officially the top mortgage guy in Columbia. I don't know if I legally can say that. I think he is, but he's my, in my ratings of mortgage guys in Columbia, Clint Hammond is 100% number one. So check him out, 803-771-6933. I got a feeling you might be hearing a little bit more about Clint in some future shows, but great time to to get a mortgage because the interest rates are so freaking low. Great chance to finance, a great great time to refinance as well. Um, Chris, what are you doing this weekend, man? You know, I was just thinking about that earlier. I'm not sure because, you know, there's not going to be – Football, really? I don't know. Just going to hang out. I'm, I'm probably going to sleep some, to be honest with you. The sleep has been lacking. So I'm probably just going to hang out with the family, watch some football. And at this rate, Wes, looks like we will still be, uh, you know, coaching news. Probably tracking some of that a little bit, too, until this uh, all shakes out. Yep, so come check that out on GamecockCentral.com. For everybody that's been on the show, I'm trying did – we, did we miss anything? I'm sure we missed something, but – the time is up. We got to go. Come hang out with us on Gamecock Central. We're there. These days we're there at all hours of the night, apparently. So um, come come hang out. Promo code Gamecocks will get you in for 50% off your first year. 
and we'll have updates throughout the weekend. And then, of course, we'll be back some point early next week. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you all soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.